It was so much fun this week talking with Marky. We talked social media, but really what we talked about was kind of knowing your audience, know how you're going to interact with them, knowing what you're going to do and really how you're going to do it. And in regards to how things are working in today's environment. So I can't wait for you to check this one out. And here it is. Welcome to the E-Professor Real Estate Podcast. My name is Justin Lethby and I'm a realtor, trainer, and coach. My sole purpose here is to take my many years in real estate as well as my even many more years as a trainer and get you to your goals and beyond. I'm going to do this by talking about business, growth development, branding, marketing, you know, basically all successful things that entrepreneurs are doing today. And hey, since I'm your tech guy, there's going to be tech thrown in here as well. So let's go. Hey, so welcome everybody again. This is the Professor of Real Estate. We're talking with Marquis Lemons Rowell today, and we get the honor and privilege of talking with an extremely smart lady who knows her social media. She's a national speaker, international best-selling author. Uh, really, I could name hours worth the list of what she does. I've known her for a while. And today what we want to do is really just talk about social media and where it sits today. We sat in a pandemic world. We sit in, in, in limbo, really, right? We sit in a situation where we don't know what's going to happen from day to day. And we need to know what we need to do to keep ourselves in front of people. As I was talking with Marky before we started, I am personally struggling with not being in front of people more often and not from necessarily a business perspective, but personal as well. So let's just sit down with Marky and just kind of talk about some things we can do business wise that will help keep us in front of people and what we need to kind of pay attention to. So welcome, Mark. I'm glad you're here. Thank you very much. I appreciate you for having me. We've had the opportunity to hang out on numerous occasions, especially at MLS events here in Northern Illinois. And you know, I love talking about social media and technology. And oftentimes people don't understand how I look at it as a business tool because it is a business tool. I just happened to be social before social media and technology. So I was a social butterfly. You know, I went to all the parties, the dances. I can dance. I can roller skate. But I was social before social media and technology. The reason I started using it was because of the 2006 profile of buyers and sellers from the National Association of Realtors. Yeah, I mean, that spoke volumes, right, of where people were coming from and how they were paying attention to us. Uh, I mean, I started real estate in 2006, and it was already painfully obvious to me where I had to spend my time and my energy at, and that was definitely in on the internet. I mean, it was it was all that stuff. Maybe not have been social media directly. For me, it was Google a lot, but social media was definitely there. So let's just start off with this. Um, there are so many tools today, right? And 
I'm going to have different people on all the time. And I, this way, I like this question for you because you've been doing this for a while, just like I have. There's so many tools and you get many experts. Okay, I need to do video. I need to do this. I need to do Instagram. I need to do Facebook. I need to do Twitter. I, I mean, you name it. There's a new tool out now called community, right? I need to do all these. Well, what what's the truth to that? What do I need to do today if I am a new agent or if I am just trying, I need to be on social media. I've been doing real estate for 10 years and I need to get social media. How do I start? Well, the first thing you need to have a business plan. And your business plan should have a marketing plan and your marketing plan should include social media and technology. So I'm not the person who will tell you, you need to, you have to be on this platform. I think you need to go back and look at your target audience and you need to hang out where your target audience is hanging out. And it's not just a matter of hanging out where your target audience is hanging out. It is also a matter of what is the most engaging form of content And what will you do consistently? Because an inconsistent plan does not work for leveraging social media and technology. So let me give you a comparison. Uh, Let's say that I'm new and I want millennials. Well, I want to go and see where millennials are hanging out, right? And then let's say, oh, I decide that I could do some video, okay? So now I'm kind of toggling between, do I want TikTok? Do I want Instagram? Am I going to come over on Twitter? But then I'm, I know one of them I absolutely hate to do. Well, if you hate to do it, you're not going to do it. So now I want you to pick which one of those platforms do you like the most that you know your audience is hanging out on. So it's not a matter of you walking away and saying, oh, today I'm going to use so-and-so. No, you're going to do some research and then you're going to decide where you should spend your time. And there's always going to be something new. I haven't personally embraced TikTok. Do I think there's a place for it? Yes. Is it engaging? Yes. I'm taking TikTok classes because one, there's no real estate agent over there that truly just dominates that space. So I'm seeing that there's there's an opportunity. But what I'm also noticing, I do use Instagram. And so I'm seeing a lot of people repurpose their TikTok videos over to Instagram, whether it's to the feed, whether it's to stories or whether it's to reels. So if I can become more familiar with the platform, I might implement it not to have a TikTok strategy per se, but to come up with content for other platforms that I do hang out on. Right. And that I think that's huge, right? You, I, I think. For me, it's always a target audience. Business plan is where you got to start. And this is the perfect time to have that conversation. I did a podcast two or three episodes ago, specifically on goal planning. Well, that's the first step. The second step is actually, okay, now that you know your numbers, what do you got to do to attack to get those numbers? And where does marketing come into play? And where does social media in that marketing come into play? So if you know who your audience is, you should know, right? You know this, Marky, and I know this. Every demographic sits on a certain platform, right? Millennials will sit more on some of the younger platforms, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, things like that. They still sit on Facebook, even though no one wants to say they sit on Facebook. They still sit on Facebook. Uh, but, you know, the older generations, me, my parents, things like that, we're, we're definitely all over Facebook. Um, we play on Instagram a little bit here and there only because our nieces, nephews, kids are all on those platforms, but we're not there. Um, so that's that's perfect. So let me ask you this. When we're doing this, we picked our platform. And let's just for giggles say we picked Facebook because it is the most used platform out there. 1.5 daily billion active users. 
how do I, what do I do? What, I mean, we're not going to, this is not a class, we're not training, but what am I doing? What are the first few things that I should be doing? How do I need to start the momentum in the right way? So a couple of things I've realized I have a 24 year old son at the moment he graduated from college and he was gainfully employed. Him and his friends came back to Facebook. The reason they came back to Facebook is because they now want to be a part of the adult conversation and they want uh, us to respect them for the fact that they're now college graduates gainfully employed. So I've noticed a trend that once they accomplish not just one, because they want to be able to brag and talk about two things. They want to be acknowledged by older people for their accomplishments and overcoming life obstacles. Now, once we decide, oh, we're going to go over and hang out on Facebook, and this is any of the platforms, the greatest thing about these platforms is the fact that people are telling you all their business in real time, okay? And there are people who generate a lot of business without a lot of visibility. So they might have a messenger strategy where they're not posting a lot of content, but they're consistently commenting on the content of others and then taking that conversation into messenger. So I think the first thing you want to do is listen, understand what is socially acceptable on that platform, because just because you can do it on that platform doesn't mean that it's going to be socially acceptable by the utilizers right of those platforms. The next thing is because you understand your market, who who should be in your marketplace, you want to start developing content that you believe would resonate with them. Here would be an example. Over on Facebook, I have uh, on all the platforms, I have at least 70% of my audience is female, period. So I have a strong female audience. On Facebook, I have my oldest audience, which means that the average age of someone in my sphere is female and she's age 45 to 54. That means that I'm thinking about what is important to these women. And I talk about a lot of things that other people will never publicly talk about. But I know that I am talking to women who are my age and I'm saying oftentimes what they can't say publicly because of the amount of messages I receive in Messenger. Example would be, couple of years ago, I realized I had been wearing the wrong size bra. I think I was like every bit of 47. So imagine you've had these things, right, breasts, for 37 years since I was 10. And I have worn the wrong size bra. And so I come to Facebook and I talk about going and getting fitted because I clearly could not have been the only woman. And I will tell you, it garnished so many inbox messages from women who are like, oh, my God, I've been wearing the wrong size bra. That's why I have four, you know, four boobs, essentially. <laughs> you know, So these are the things that you want to think about. And people do business with people who they know, like and trust. You have to be willing to share a part of yourself. If you're unwilling to share a part of yourself, you are leaving a lot of business on the table. I promise you, you're leaving a lot of business. It is not meant for you to just sell. And I think I'm pretty salesy, okay? Uh, People know what I do because a couple of things, closed mouths don't get fed and secret agents don't get found. So you can never be my friend, not use me and say, oh, I forgot you sold real estate. That would be determined to be a lie. What you could tell me is you didn't want me, you didn't want to use me because you didn't want me to know your business. Because I've positioned myself as a thought leader in that space. Uh, And so 
you want to have this plan, you want to listen, and then you want to create content that will resonate with the sphere of influence, realizing that you need to be consistent and you have to share something about yourself. If not, you're never going to get great results. You will never get great results. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think you, and I'm glad, I always know I'm going to ask you the right questions because you're going to give me the answers. Um, one of the biggest fails I see all the time with agents is they get they go to a class, right? They, not the Marquis Lemons class, but they go to a class. And the first thing they do is they come back and they buy a automated package that puts all their social media out there. And I'm going, okay, I get it. Something is better than nothing. Okay, happy for it. But who's listening? You didn't understand. You didn't learn your audience. You didn't do anything to understand who's going out there and what's going on. And so now you're sitting there going, social media doesn't work. I'm going, yeah, no, duh. <laughs> right? It's, it's, what do you expect? If, if you don't know what your audience wants, you know, again, you say you have an audience of females. Well, if my audience is all males and I send them cooking recipes all day long, I, I kind of missed the boat. You did. Now, let me say this. I'm realizing men can cook better than women. I'm just telling, even based on my household. But they're not cooking. Um, there are a lot of men on Instagram who have great cooking recipes. Right. You have to come and look at them and then hone in on what right. they're on what they're posting. But you know what? I want to interrupt you because when I start thinking about uh, the content that one is going to post, that whole automation stuff that everybody wants to buy because they don't want to do it themselves. Let me tell you right now, it is setting you up for failure. And I don't mean to put those companies down, but there's at least three things that every agent needs to do. One, they need to identify a company that adheres to license law in the state mm -hmm. that they're licensed. Two, they need to identify a company that understands the realtor code of ethics. Three, they need to spend enough time with that company that that company understands them and their tone. Because when they... The reason their marketing is not working, one, because people have seen that same identical post 70 times. That'd be first and foremost. Um, that'd be first, right? And then the next thing is there's a disconnect between you and the tone of the marketing. Yeah. People know my tone. I'm direct. I'm candid. But more importantly, and, and let me say this, I, I have a podcast company that helps me. But the one thing I have to do is record the video. Right. I have to. And they're just taking that content and repurposing it. Right. Doing the editing. So could you have someone to edit you? Yes. But you still need to show up and be present. If not, you're not going to get the engagement that you're looking for or that you desire. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, you know, it's always well in any sales world, it's no like trust. Right. And you're going to build an audience around you who knows, like, trust you. Well, if you have someone automating the program for you. That's great. You built an audience, but of the audience of the automation that knows like trust, not me. <laughs> right. So I don't get that in here. It becomes, I, th I think, a real big struggle. Right. It becomes just a big pain in the butt because you're you're just not attracting who you want. And now you're frustrated working with them because it's not what you're trying to build. Right. It's just it's it's just a catastrophe waiting to happen. Um, it is. You know what? I think you might have attended. Not sure. <clears throat> we had our virtual installation last week for the Chicago Association. Didn't get to. I wish I could. It was a. It was a look. It was a lot of online fun. In that 
they took a video and created the video. And I didn't realize how much of one of my Facebook Live video clips they were going to use. They did ask me if they could use it. But I did a Facebook Live video that has been viewed now on Facebook Live alone over 38,000 times, but across the Internet at least 50,000 times. Well, that video raised $50,000 for the recovery fund of the 77 communities. But they took that video clip and used like some of my audio behind certain clips and used. I mean, like I was emotional all over again. And I realized why people were willing to donate friends from across the country, $50,000 off of my Facebook live video. And it was because the story resonated. They knew firsthand that I love the Chicago South Side. But it was it was me pouring my soul out. And the video has been leveraged in numerous ways. But it was that one piece of authentic content that when people watched it, they understood, they could feel everything that I was experiencing and going through at that moment in every part of their body. They could feel it in their bones, right? So we watching the video replay and it was little snippets, right? And I'm over here getting my makeup together because I'm like, oh, here we go again. Why would they do this to me, right? They didn't do it intentionally. They used it because it told the story of what we've been going through this year. And when I look at the support that I've received this year, it is strictly because I built an engaging audience. If I wasn't consistent, if I wasn't showing up as Marky all the time, good, bad, or ugly version, like I show up the good side and I show up the bad because I tell all my business, people would not have given me the support that they've given. And I 1000% agree with that. It's it's authentic. And you you got a couple folks that are that are doing this and doing it well. Sam Powell, I know as well. She's there. She tells you all her good, bad, and, and whatever that's out there. She does it all the time. Um, she cracks me up. Uh, but I, you just nailed the point that I want to make sure we kind of hit home on this. So not only is it extremely important to post information that resonates with our audience, and really, really, if it resonates with you, it's going to resonate with your audience, right? No, like, trust, that's what's going to happen. So that's the easiest one to go with. But you, we're not done just by posting. We need to connect and, and we need to comment. Why is that? Why are you seeing that so important? I see this as one of the biggest steps missed. We see, I see posts all over the place and then I don't, and I see comments underneath it, but I don't see anything from me, from, from the agent that posted that stuff. So why are one, why are we missing it? But let's hit home first. Why is it so important? Cause maybe we can kind of encourage them to actually jump on it a little bit stronger. So, well, let me come back to why it's important to comment. I can tell you what post I have not commented on, right? So, and that is only because of the overwhelming response to the post, okay? Right. So I have a couple of posts, um, maybe one per month, one every two weeks. Let's go one every two weeks. Might get away from me, but I'm so busy commenting on the other post, right? So about mm, 90% of the content that I post I make a comment or say something, if it's nothing but to heart it, on every last one of those posts. I'm going to come back and engage on those posts. If they ask me for a resource, I'm going to put the resource. If they want to know the lipstick color, I'm telling them lipstick color. If they want to know why I got my glasses, I'm telling them. So I actually come back and engage with people. Here's what's funny. A lot of times, and even if you send me an email or a DM, I might not respond as quick as you want me to respond, but I will respond. 
everyone tells me, I am so surprised that you responded. Well, what they don't know is I'm a little bit OCD about my inbox. I do not like emails and inbox messages to go unanswered. So I am going to respond. You have to respond. So no, it's not enough to just put it out there. You need to put it out there. You need to be consistent. And then you need to come back and engage with people. Make a comment on their post. Now, what I have not done a good job at that I'm doing now, I'm going back to the people who I see consistently support me online to see to want to provide them with support on their posts. What I'm realizing, there's a large percentage of people who never post any original ideas. You're not getting to know them. Okay. I'm just saying you're not getting to know them. They're mm-hmm. always, they'll share your stuff. They're, they're the reposter. Well, I'm not the one who's going to come and comment necessarily on the repost. I want to know where's your original thought idea because I'm looking for the thought leaders, right? But behind every thought leader, we have that busy bee person who's willing to help spread the word, right? What I want to do is not only make sure that I'm responding and engaging, but those who are responding and engaging to my post, I want to go and respond and engage to their post. So I'm looking at it. I'm going to, I know that I'm posting today and tomorrow, okay, because of what's going on right now in the country. But after that, I need to go. I don't really need to post anything else for a couple of days. I need to go and just support people. Right. And, 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 and that is something I don't think we build into our business. We need to go and support people. I have one person today I'm going to call her just to check up on her because I realize she's been through a lot. Uh, she is an instructor group we're in. And she was like, you know, I'm helping to support all these people. You know, but it's been rough on me, too. So what I heard in that is I need to call her. I need to not complain about nothing. And I need to be a listening ear. Right. And sometimes and I'm not a phone person, but I know I need to call her. Because one, I know her personally, so it is not just enough to be consistent or to post. You have to be engaging. And sometimes you need to take these conversations offline. Yeah. I mean, if you see me, if you look at me, you'll see a lot of times that I may not, I may not comment on the comment, but it's just for what you just said. I felt more like that was a better direct message. That was a better email text message instead of going out there and just saying, Hey, you know, whatever. It's like, okay, no, that one felt a little bit more like it needed a personal touch than just, Hey, let's blast everybody out there and see what's going on. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's huge. Um, so the other point I want to make sure we hit on, because you've mentioned this subtly and you've been doing it now, man, probably four years that I paid attention to it. I know I've been doing it a while, but not as long as you have. You've mentioned that most of the things that you're doing now are via video, right? And while I know the reason why video is extremely important, I want it to come from you, not from me. So tell me why you have spent such a concerted effort to be on social media, but in a video venue? Well, let me take you back. There was a time that I didn't do a lot of video because I needed to go get my hair cut, my makeup done, and I needed to put on a new pretty dress. That was before the Instagram, Instagram, before the Facebook Live app came to the Android device. So one, I was anxiously awaiting it to come to an Android because all of the Apple users had it first and I was a little bit teed off, right? So the day that it came, I remember like yesterday, I was at Williams-Sonoma in a cooking class with my youngest son. 
I didn't have a fresh haircut. I didn't have on any makeup. And I had on go to cooking class with your son on the weekend clothes, right? And it was the most engagement I had ever received on any video in my life. So the first thing was stop getting ready to get ready to do video. Uh, people want you to solve their problems and they don't care how you look solving their problem. So once I had all that engagement, I realized, oh, this is this is the most engaging form of content, right? And I don't have to get cute to come do it. So that so like that solved two problems. Then the next thing I realized, oh, I can repurpose my video content provided that I have great audio. And so I set aside time once a week to record a longer video like the one we're doing right now for the purposes of re uh, repurposing that content. So video is the only form of content that you can repurpose without recreating. This will end up being a podcast, a blog post, an email to announce the blog post. Uh, and so I've been doing that consistently once per week for the last couple of years. But then I create video content every single day. So I think I might have mentioned TikTok. Right now, I'm playing with the creation of TikTok. I didn't go create new videos. I went back to my old Snapchat, all the vertical video that I have stored in an app or on my phone to start playing with it, to see what's going to resonate with people, things of that nature. So you can take video content, you can shorten it into aha moments, but then you can take those videos and repurpose them into a TikTok or into a Reels or into a Snapchat for the vertical video feed being generally stories. Uh, and so video is the only form of content you can repurpose without recreating. So that was a whole, <laughs> a whole story. Uh, but video, I would honestly say it changed, it changed my earning potential. It changed my online visibility because I'm giving people the content that they desire. Share the stat. I won't steal it from you. I use it all the time about oh. video consumption. Oh, well, which well, the one I always share is one minute of video content is equivalent to 1.8 million words. So if we were to go back in time when they used to say that uh, a picture's worth a thousand words, right? Because I also send photo cards out and not regular cards. Well, today, one minute of video content is equivalent to 1.8 million words. So every single day I'm looking at how can I create 1.8 million words and value and do something that my competition is not doing. What was your stat you were going to share? You you like quoting one that's 80%. Oh, oh wait, 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 wait. Oh, oh. In three so years, 80% in three years. 80%. I'm roughing the numbers. I'm roughing the numbers. How much so we're going to view. I'll, I'll shorten it up. You, you've you done it a few times saying that um, in three years, 80% of all content consumed is going to be via video. And I know I'm not is. using the accurate numbers, but that's. And roundabout, it's almost right. that that way. At one point before the pandemic, I think that Facebook stated that by 2022, they would everything really on their platform would be the result of uh, the creation of video, yeah. some form right. of fashion, right? But think about the tools, you know, the audio to text transcription or stripping the video to give you just the audio. And now we have these audiograms. And so yeah. every video, can be repurposed a minimum of 200 different ways by the time we get through putting it on YouTube, taking the aha moments, coming up with a shorter version of the video, the podcast, the audio clips, the Alexa flash briefings, like, geez, Louise, 
And so now I have too much content. I have 80 podcast episodes and I have just started scratching the surface on how to market that content. I'm right now I'm in 100% repurpose mode because you could easily bring that content back probably as little as every 60 days and people wouldn't remember they saw it 60 days ago. <laughs> well, and so there are tools out there. So one of the tools we're using today, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. You got the link from me is StreamYard, right? Mm-hmm. And what I like about StreamYard, it's a simple tool, video tool that will let me build broadcast quality videos. And I can share it to YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all at the same time, right? And now I have all that stuff out there. But there's also one called Livestream.io. And what's neat about that one is where you're just kind of hitting that. I can use that tool for free as long as the video is under five minutes. And now I can repost that stuff. Are you writing notes? <laughs> I always give you, I'm always good for at least one tip. Um, you can repost this stuff and it will feel like it's live on that particular environment, right? So if you have your Facebook business page, you could decide when all this stuff is going out and it can just go out there. And now you have a scheduler for video, so to speak. And it's a really cool tool. Now, if you want more time, you want to do more things, it'll cost. But for free, you get a lot out of it. And that's what I'm starting to do, right? I've started this podcast now. I started in September. So we're little into over a month into this, all based on video. And now I'm starting to break things out on my free time and starting to repurpose the material to do what you're talking about. I haven't used the audiograms yet, but I haven't jumped into the Instagram world. Just more like what you said. I, it's, I know the value of it, but I'm just not there. I am just not there yet. So since I am not there yet, I'm just not doing it right? Don't be somewhere where you're only going to half be in it. That's kind of been the perspective I've had on this in life. But I think the thing, and I don't want to overstep this and I don't want to blow past this too fast. The thing that I love about video and me and you have shared this, this concept for a very long time is the repurposability of the material, right? It is so easy to use it in so many different platforms. Right. So as you as you have said, and I have said many times, right, you I, I can build. You said 200. I always say at least three. Right. You can have the video. Now you got it in the video format. You can put it anywhere you want. I can strip out the audio. My favorite app still to the day is otter.ai. I still think it's one of the best transcription tools out there. So now I have it in. I have separated out the audio inside that app and I have it now transcribed in text. So now I have a podcast. Right. This is going to go straight into a podcast when I'm done with this. And then afterwards, I have blogs. Now, for me, I'm not using that material for blogs yet. Hopefully, I'm going to repurpose that right now. My blogs are just a cliff note version of what we're talking about today. But that's something, right? So, But there are so many other things, right? As you said, you got audiograms, you got Instagram tools, you got so many different things that now you can put it out there, micro content. And I think that's huge. Any comments on that? Because I do want to talk about micro content next. Um. So, well, no, everything you said was... 100% <laughs> precise. I would say, let me come back and give another reason though. I leverage video also to build out video sales funnels that perform at a higher rate than just a regular sales funnel. And so I believe that every real estate professional should have one hour of social media and technology on their calendar per day for the purposes of lead generation. If they want to earn $100,000 per year, 
they need to add 2,880 contacts to their customer relationship management system for every $100,000 they want to earn. So that means that you need to have one to two hours of lead generation. Social media is my lead generation to add those contacts. And so the rule of thumb is 2,800. I add about 4,800 contacts per year to my customer relationship management system, which is also why I've earned a referral check from real estate sales or a revenue share check every single week since Friday, March the 13th. So I want I want people to definitely think about the lead generation aspect of it because now you can create those video sales funnels. Now let's let's just briefly do this because not all of us are techie in the world. What is a sales funnel? Uh, a sales funnel I'll give you an example. I decided to do a Facebook Live video about the value of real estate in uncertain times. Okay, when I did that Facebook Live video, I already had a link to my cloud CMA page that in our MLS is a tool provided with your dues. So they provide it's an added, it's a member benefit. So people who watch that video, they were able, and I did a call to action. I said, click on the link. I know that with this one video I'm talking about, 633 people viewed that video. 58 people clicked on the link. Four people became a lead. They provided me with their first name, last name, property address, square footage, and phone number. So now I'm going to put those into my customer relationship management system and nurture them. So every video you create, you have the right to include a link, a little bit unique though on Instagram because it's only you only have a link in your bio unless you have 10,000 followers. Then you can add a link to your stories. And so wherever we can add a link, I have a link to landing pages and I add a call to action so people can click on that link. They can get something of value in exchange for their information. And I think they're huge, right? And that is definitely it. And you have seen most of the you know, CRMs that are out there, the contact database tools that are out there have now built those tools specifically in there. I think they were about three years late, but hey, they're in there now and I'm happy that they're there. You mean uh, at the lead pages? <laughs> I've been using lead pages for years. Um, you, you finally got MailChimp and you finally got some of the simpler ones to put them in there. But now you're starting to see KV Core and market leader and some of the bigger real estate CRMs have put that stuff in there because they have finally said, okay, we give, we got to put it in there. And I think, I, again, I'm not trying to knock any of these companies. They all have their own timelines to do things, but I do believe that's what happened. I think they got peer pressure saying we can't miss the boat on this. If not, because they're giving away money to another company. So I've been using lead pages soon after its inception. I yeah. no longer use lead pages. Because I'm using MailChimp. MailChimp is my customer relationship management system and landing pages. But I went to MailChimp strictly for email marketing. So a lot of these tools, you, to me, it's better to use one tool because you're going to interact with it more, which means you'll get more out of it. You know, the piece together 25 different tools, it's not necessarily my thing. What I will say is I have 25 lead generation tools that all talk to the AI of or the API of MailChimp. So why do I use MailChimp? It's because it has a pretty robust API. And when I'm generating all these different leads, I can have those systems talk to my customer relationship management system. I know that that was a a, a, a mouthful, but I'm, we also, Carrie Little and I have a private Facebook group and we break down some of those strategies in that group. But it 
social media and technology, I am 100% willing to give you me in exchange for your information. Because if you're looking to buy and sell real estate, I need you to use someone in my office. Right. Or I need to make the referral. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, just so you know, I, it, there are other tools. One of the questions someone just asked us is, what's your favorite CRM? I don't know what yours is. I told mine. I think you already said yours. Free is, For me, free is MailChimp. Um, but for other ones, real estate, they're all good. I, I, right now, the, the king of the block, I think, is KV Core. But the, each one has their own powers and values out there. That's my personal opinion. Do you have a favorite, besides MailChimp, a favorite CRM that you're using? No, but RETI.US, they have yeah. gone out and interviewed uh, all of the different companies. And so they have a CRM comparison to on their site that I would recommend that you use. The number one CRM is the one that you're going to use consistently. And some of them honestly are too robust for the, the learning curve is too steep for you to use it consistently. So if I was to go back and look at what did I start with, I started with Excel. Just mm-hmm. making sure that I was putting every contact into that form. So if nothing else, right now, today, you need to have a CSV Excel spreadsheet with your contacts in it. The joy of that, you can always import it into any system. But every single system is going to require some type of input, um, input, you know, import, uh, export. And so you could just start with an Excel spreadsheet. Um, but I have people who won't even do that because they're waiting to find this ideal system. So now you don't even have your contacts organized. And the beautiful thing is to have them all organized and then you can import and try multiple systems at one time to see which one you like. Yeah, I will say the one key thing you made me laugh at with that is I want to find the ideal system. I'm telling you, folks, no such thing (laughs) (laughs) does not exist. Um, Jumping back to social media, because I do know you have a timeline and you're being very gracious with your time here. Uh, I think really where we have jumped to, and you're seeing it with TikTok, I'm, I, I still am cautious about TikTok, but you're seeing it, Snapchat, all these tools of doing this, and they have changed the platform. Long form stuff is still amazing, but it's shifting to micro content. So talk to us about, well, two questions really. Why do you think it's shifting to micro content? And then two, how do we make our micro content. And really from the repurpose perspective, let's not spend time just building small little hacks. Let's talk about using what we already have and making it into this content. So uh, I would probably say attention span. So it may it, it's an absolute waste of our time to create a long form content that we know people are not going to engage with. Here's what's kind of unique though. I used to have a hour long uh, podcast that I cut the time to about 30 minutes. And the reason was because I was getting 100% of my audience to the 30 minute mark, which then means that when we look at the algorithm, it looked like people were engaged for a longer period of time. So I instantly shortened it. Then uh, when the pandemic hit, instead of me paying my company um, for a weekly delivery, I said, I need to cut this budget. And I went to every other week and I'm getting this much engagement. So you want to check the frequency. But for every long video, the reason I make long video is because people are willing to listen to it in a podcast. Okay, but now how do I get you to engage with this video from every 30 minute video? I can extract anywhere from 10 to 30 aha moments where essentially in less than a couple of minutes, two minutes that we tell you about a concept concept that you can go and implement. 
So the same way I'm repurposing that long form video, I'm also repurposing that short form video. Right. Where but now we're taking 15 seconds out of it. Here's here's what I really think that we have to start thinking about: the value of time. So creating the snippets can often be time consuming to do everything that TikTok wants you to do or Reels to do. What you're going to have to do is come up with a template and then do bulk creation. Because if you're spending too much time and it's not engaging or generating leads, you've wasted your time. So I definitely think that we need to start thinking about time vested for lead generation purposes. Because if we're not generating leads, then we're just doing it to do it. And that is not my recommendation to any licensed professional. Right. Busy versus productive, right? <laughs> exactly. So, and that's why um, TikTok might not be the most advantageous thing. So one thing that I do with my videos is we take that video, we come up with that aha moment. I pay a company, Splashio, to come and do the audio to text transcription across the videos. They give me uh, one a week or four per month. That is working very well for me. So I might not ever really get to that 15 seconds of content consistently because of the amount of time it takes to create it, unless I can find someone to come up with an AI to do it essentially, because it's so it's so quick. So we do need, a, oh, you know what? Just like they're doing with our photos, we need an AI video creation platform where yeah. you can put that 15 seconds in it and it works, you know, voodoo magic on it and makes it into this great. I would pay for that. I think there's one comment I was talking. I'm actually interviewing a podcast guy down the road. He <laughs> thinks he's got a tool that he and he hasn't shared it with me yet, but he's beta testing it. Yeah. So, so if we and, and you know what? I'm thinking we need to go over to Product Hunt to see what they have working as well. I'm going to write another note to myself to go over there. Because I need a TikTok, Snapchat, Reels, AI tool where I put that video into it and it'll do ABCD because I need something. I need to be able to create a 15 second video in 10 minutes or less. If not, then it's it's biting into other time. It would be more advantageous for me to start uh, setting up some type of messenger, right, to go into people's. And I'm not talking about setting it up on automation. I'm talking about dig deep and get to know people. That might be a better utilization of time. Now, I do one last question because I want to make sure you get time to rest and get ready for the next thing here. But one last question for you, because you have mentioned a couple of times, and I still think it's important. There has to be some sort of content planning system out there. Still our material, but we have to decide when and how it's going out. Is there tools that you are using today to implement that? What are they and what are you liking? What are the ones that you are leaning towards today? Well, right now I'm leading towards later.com because it was so important me, to me to get to 10,000 followers over on Instagram. Um, and so I'm leaning towards later.com, but I'm grandfathered in at $5.99 a month on Hootsuite. So I still use Hootsuite. And then I have some automations set up with If This Then That, which just went to a premium model where you could set your price. And so I'm using some IFTTT. Or things like every time I make a post to Instagram, it will pin that to a board on Pinterest, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. So later I haven't played with much. I do like it. It's, it looks like a really nice tool. Hootsuite I've used for a while. I think it's it's a really solid tool, especially if you pay for it. Um, it's got some definitely good bells. Whistle. It's been around. It's a staple, right? It's been around almost since the inception of social media because we've all ran into the problem. So 
Any last thing? Okay, so here's your time. What do you want to plug? Tell me what you want to do. You talked about something that you're building. This is your turn to say, come check me out. Well, come check out Real Estate Live over on Facebook. It is uh, Carrie Little and I. We have a private Facebook group. It's uh, about 4,200 realtors in that group. Also, check out Social Selling Made Simple. That is my podcast. And I also have my second international bestseller, The Social Selling uh, Journal, that goes with the podcast, but also a seven-day system built out in the Facebook Live group. So when I tell you repurpose, I repurpose everything, including my podcast into books, which is how I have now uh, 28. I'm a publisher of 28 publications and uh, four of them in some capacity are international bestsellers. One of them I'm a contributor on that became an international bestseller in 24 hours in real estate. So repurpose, 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 start with video. Well, start with video, repurpose, repurpose, repurpose. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Marky, I really appreciate you taking time for this. It's always fun chatting with you. And hopefully we get to do it in person sometime soon. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, um, comment on all the favorite podcasting platforms. Also, we do these events live. So come to my website, look for the calendar. It's on YouTube and it's on a Facebook group, eProfessor Real Estate. Join those groups and you'll get these live where you can even ask your own questions. I cannot wait to see you on our next episode and I'm hoping you're enjoying these.